0: Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts Shari Lyon and
1: Nicola Lay. Together we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness and evidence-based information and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood.
0: Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents.
1: Welcome to episode 26, where myself, Nicola Lay, and Shari Lyon have a beautiful guest today, Nadine Muller. Nadine is the wife to Dane, the mother to two awesome little boys, Madden and Beckham. And this episode comes with a warning to anyone out there suffering with their own childbirth trauma. This episode is vulnerable, open, raw, and real. Nadine shares her story and her journey through her pregnancy with hyperemesis, and then her second birth story to Beckham, which is very traumatic. Nadine and her husband, Dane, support many families that are struggling with childbirth trauma, and Nadine continues to support many women in the community struggling with their own HG hyperemesis. If you need support after listening to this episode, I will add into the show notes some resources that you can contact if you're having your own struggles. So take a deep breath and enjoy this very vulnerable episode. Welcome Nadine. Hello, thank you so very much for having me ladies. Oh, we are so excited to have you on here. So Both of us, Shari and I, have worked with you before, um, through your pregnancy and then now into your postpartum journey. Um, And it's so exciting to have you now back here with us, just reflecting your journey so far. Yeah, and you—you're real. uh, One thing I love about you, Nadine, is your. You're so
0: raw and real, like watching you on your stories. Like, I just love how you share, how honest you are. You're, you're very, you know, you allow yourself to be vulnerable. And I think so many mums are drawn to you because they can totally relate to you. And I think that's also really why we wanted to bring you on to the podcast as well to share your journey, because we know that every woman's journey is so different, so unique. And you've definitely had quite a journey with your your two boys, haven't you?
2: <laughs> Understatement of the
1: set.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Yeah, pre- pregnancy hasn't been, and births, I guess, ha- hadn't been the easiest for you, has it?
2: No, definitely not. Uh, riddled with a few, you know, non-linear cards, I suppose. Um, and and again. You know, like a lot of things in life, there's only so much you control and you can plan and prepare as much as you like. And sometimes just things go untoward and and likewise, um, you know, all your hopes and plans and dreams for the perfect um, situation, scenario, albeit during pregnancy or birth, can sometimes, yeah, flip on its head.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so would you like to maybe share a little bit um, of just, I guess, bit of a journey of what what you've gone through for both your pregnancies and birth with us?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I guess it's very multifaceted. So I'll start, first of all, with um, my pregnancy. So it's a, and something that certainly Nicola will be able to talk about as well. (laughs) It's a condition that's definitely coming into light, which I'm so happy about. Um, I've been doing a lot of, you know, volunteer work in this space, but it's a condition called hyperemonia hyperemesis gravidarum now we know that you know a side effect or one of the many symptoms we have with pregnancy for for most women is we feel rubbish most days in this particularly the first you know trimester and and what have you um and and that can be you know related to nausea or vomiting morning sickness however you want to call it but for a very small but i think it's just in my opinion and again this is um according to nadine um for a a small but I think a a larger number in terms of numbers a a whole heap of women also experience something else which I'll you know reduce the name down to HG and HG I guess when you look at it from a literature point of view on what it is it's well it is a medical condition absolutely but it's that nausea and vomiting but to the extreme it's so persistent it's so um, you know, it, it pushes that woman to the nth degree in terms of what she's able to um, do in her day-to-day life while while experiencing HG. Now, again, taking it back a little step, um, essentially it's something that can, can maintain through an entire pregnancy. So we're talking, you know, up to 40 weeks of consistent, extreme, persistent <laughs> nausea and vomiting during an entire pregnancy. And when we, you know even if we've had gastro for five days, that's bloody enough. So could we imagine having it for 40 weeks straight? So for many women, again, we move into that space where you're just severely dehydrated. You're severely malnourished. You're trying to be as appreciative and grateful for this little person that you're growing, but every single facet of your life is 110% um, affected, whether it be... Physically, mentally is huge, which I can speak to um, to the end degree. Emotionally, spiritually, and then I'll even touch on the fact that financially, yeah. I was off work. I was off work for four and a half months straight, unable to, like, essentially. And how I spoke about it on my social media, I called it existing. I mm. was just existing, um, because again, relationships, your professional, your per- everything. Um, and and you know again i i like to preface it by a lot of it or a lot of women are like you just got to get back or well, not women but generally typically societally we're saying oh everyone gets a little bit crook everyone gets a little bit sick you've just got to crack on and persevere but with those riddled with the hg oh yeah <laughs> um you know experience if you've if you've had the unfortunate episode or have seen someone in your spheres deal with HG, you know, that that's not the case. It's not a case of just cracking, get going, get to work. No, 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 no. It's, it's just allow that woman to get through it the best way she can. So yeah, that's HG <laughs> one of.
1: Yes. And do you think that you were diagnosed early with your first baby or was it more no. or was it misdiagnosed? Cause mine was misdiagnosed with. Absolutely yeah agree yeah again and this is the great thing about it HG she's definitely coming to light yes. and
2: in fact one of my um ex-work colleagues is now doing a master's and, and one of the things um like for maternal health and what have you and hg goes you know it might not have been called that then but when we talk about it in in literature way back when, when um, mums in history were dying during pregnancy Mm -hmm. and we can relate it to those symptoms and those signs and symptoms and what they were um, living at the time were indeed hyperemesis um, experiences where they've died from being severely malnourished and severely Mm -hmm. dehydrated. So back to your question of, um, was it misdiagnosis in my first one? Absolutely. So I will say that my first one, wasn't as severe as my second interestingly same, enough same, um, same. yeah but oh look I, I feel as though I couldn't have not have been diagnosed with it second time around because it was just horrific there's no other word for it
0: yeah do you know what causes HG Nadine like it is it something it is it all hormonal because it's obviously very selective of because exactly. not all women um you know and I'm sitting here and listening to both of you and I'm like oh I feel so guilty like I my I did not have anything at all and you yeah. just like how how is it that it's so we're all just so different like and I think that's another thing for is a really clear message is that pregnancy and birth is not textbook you know it, it's so different there's so many variations for so many women but do you know what what actually causes it because I actually have no idea
2: yeah, so again, the HGA in Australia and internationally, there's some incredible um, things that are coming to light now, where scientists are like, literally, gone. We need to figure out. It is so um, multifaceted, as you said. There, there doesn't seem to be those incredible links in terms of through generations and what have you. There are definitely some flaggers, like some red flags and markers that they're starting to see. So definitely watch this space because hormonally they're starting to go. Yep. Um, they're, they're starting to draw some links and correlations so I am oh I cannot wait to see what comes about of it but essentially um and for anyone listening to this there's a um not a podcast but rather a documentary called The Sick and have you seen it Nicola? No I so it's my uh, like to watch I need to watch yes. it. well it's UK born UK led um and honestly even like the first ten minutes of watching it, I'm like, wow. So yeah, again, hey, she's is certainly coming into light. That is definitely my end. I think, ladies, that's beeping.
0: But anyway,
2: can you hear that? Yes, yeah, all right, don't worry, oh, that's all right. Um, but yeah, so again, they're starting to really hone in on and pinpoint, um, or make amends as to where it's coming from, or or why it does it when it does it. Because some ladies, in the most on the most part, if they've had it their first pregnancy it's likely again the likelihood um can be multiple times soon after that then there's some women um again i'm in this beautiful support network group um and some women that don't experience second time round. Nah. so there is it's really and and even even within that uh it's just a like a nationwide facebook group even within that the correlations are so different that you it makes you just go, wow, it is such a multifaceted condition. It is such a, um, it, it has just arms and legs of its own and you just never know um, when it will come out and rear its ugly head or, or if you'll be indeed fine, you know, second, third, fourth,
0: subsequent pregnancies.
1: And I think a lot of women and if there's anyone's listening to this, like, you know, you'll go to the doctor and he'll say these are the type of medications that you you can take to help you. And what I've seen over 23 years of working with pregnancy is that a lot of women really refrain from having those those medications because they're so scared that it's going to harm the baby. But then I'm like talking to them saying, but if you can't if you're ending up in hospital all of the time, then you've got to weigh up what's what's good for you and your mental health and your body as well as your baby. I and mean, what's your thoughts on that, Nadine?
2: hundred yeah. percent. I was medicated through my whole pregnancy. Nice. Um, nice. If if like I 110% understand how some women can go, I can't do that. But when you are bare boned on the bottom of your shower and you can't get up, you are, <laughs> des- you are desperate for anything to help you.
1: Yeah, when you're like looking at your toilet like
2: most yeah. Of the day. <laughs> yeah there is yeah there is no second guessing because you then go you know what it's a, it's a matter of survival and as I said going back to existing I didn't leave the confines of my home I was sheltered within components of my home due to the physical exhaustion of not being able to move from one part of my home to the next part of my home and again like I come from a very athletic, um, you know, health and fitness, like everything to do with, um, you know, what I did for a living and personally professionally was was very much outside of the house. I don't want to be homebound. And suddenly this, this experience and certainly this medical condition got me to the extremes of just being hermited at home. Do mm. so you, you
0: have it right up until the day you gave birth? Uh, yes,
2: but by then I was on such a beautiful, well, I say beautiful because I finally came to some type of light. I had an incredible medical um, provider who just moved the moved earth to make sure that we could get to some type of regime in terms of my like medications to just finally do more than just exist. So I was able to, by the end of my pregnancy, or by about 22, 23 weeks, we finally came up with a cocktail. And I say cocktail because I was on a lot of things. Um, and I was able to return to work for half days, two days a week, and um, and that meant everything to me. Interestingly enough, you know, some people like, wow, you got four and a half months off work. And I was like, (laughs) no, 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 no. Like I wish I could have just gone to work and lived a normal day. Um, So yeah, back to your question of, you know, did it go the entire journey? It it did, but it definitely um, reduced in its in its severity because we found a a regime that seemed to just maintain me. And and to be honest, it was every third day to put a bit more of context into it. I would go in for schedule admissions overnight and have my cocktail of medications uh, through an IV drip overnight. And I'd do that every third night.
1: Wow. Wow. I didn't realize that. That's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so again, that's something instead of going at like crisis point of view, you know, you're bottomed out. My obstetrician just, made that a scheduled admission every third third day and that what seemed amazing to work. provider you had <laughs> yeah 110 okay. percent. and you know some people go would you go again if you know it's definitely not in our plan at this point in time but if i did i i now know the provider i'd go to and 110 percent. no well again <laughs> we don't know if it'd be the same or not but you would i now know that i would try that cocktail again because that seemed to work
1: yeah yeah, I think that would scare me to go again. <laughs>
2: oh, same, same. I say that and I'm my stomach's like, oh no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs>
1: uh, and then now to, sort of going back in and reflecting, what's the best bit of advice you could give to anyone out there that is suffering with HD? Oh my goodness. Probably, you know, perhaps that it's
2: okay to to know that, or to sort of, this sounds really weird, but to mourn the loss of the joy of pregnancy.
1: (laughs) Yes,
2: 100%. Because, Because 110%, you're looking at everybody else just going, they are the epitome of a glowing pregnant woman. I looked far from that. But I think you know, if we perhaps understand that it takes time and perhaps I'm still on it. No, not perhaps 110%. I'm still on a path of healing, not just emotionally or physically, I should say, but also emotionally, because that time was freaking some of the hardest times of my life. And yet, you know, from a professional point of view, I've seen and felt and discovered and endured and experienced a lot of big things. And yet something as simple as, well, not simple because it's it's a very complex thing. But something as simple as creating life again for myself was I found that one of the most challenging things I've ever done. And mm-hmm. so, as far as yeah, what I would encourage another woman that perhaps isn't going through the joys of pregnancy is that it's okay to to yeah mourn the loss of the joy of it, mm-hmm. and that it won't be forever and it, it, it can't be forever. But that to be gentle with yourself because it takes time to recover from something as hard and beautiful because that's the thing it's it's laced with lots of beautiful times as well but it's uh it's incredibly tough to recover from something like that especially because you decondition as you can imagine with hg you know you've when we if we're dehydrated for too long if we're malnutrition, you know we're malnourished for too long we know that multi-organ wise there's going to be some dysfunction i started having like cardiovascular issues because yeah. my my you know salts and sodiums all of that magnesium all of the things that keep us in check and in balance are all at, over the place yeah so you know from a physical point of view and that's not even taking into consideration you know your emotional well-being or your mental well-being physically you you're, you're at a all-time low
1: Mm. so and that's how,
2: probably one hat- one of many things I would I would say to anyone that's just not yeah not having the greatest time through pregnancy
1: mm. and how did Dane cope with all of this oh goodness hats off
2: to partner partners that have to you know unfortunately be step up in the role of um you know, partner and, and, and even birthing partner and and supporting someone through this, not just, um, you know, our husbands and, and what have you, but also our friends and our social networks too. Cause again, it's incredibly tough for them to do it. And I think as, as our partners, they want to fix everything. Don't they men want to, men want to go, Oh yeah, I can just make that, make that work. I can fix her. I can do whatever. But I think they knew very quickly that this, we had to strap in and, get ready for a long road ahead and again we just kind of had it you know a, a very snapshot of it with our first pregnancy with our now five-year-old but second time round was was just brutal so he basically we had our eldest by that time and, and this was a very planned pregnancy second time around it was we couldn't wait we were so excited and then bam it hit us in the face and so Dane had to uh reduce his work a fair bit my my mum who was also at the time and still is caring for my dad had to stop what she was doing and I just became another another person that everyone had to try to their best to work around yeah
1: oh hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I, feel feel joys. For I feel and I feel for any woman that is experiencing that kind of illness and sickness all day long it's just terrible and I'd it's great that you're speaking up about it and educating more people because a lot of people are just like oh this is normal you know suck it up this is what Mm. pregnancy is or all day sickness and it's like no it's not this is serious medical condition so I think you sharing your story is um hopefully going to help someone else even though they may be feeling shit whilst they're listening to this as I alone. Yeah, as I always say, I'm like, it's the happiest reason because, you know,
2: for most people they're, they're like, you know, it's a planned pregnancy, I'm so excited, but it's the happiest reason to feel the shittest you've ever felt in your yeah. life. Yeah, and totally. that's like it's and, and the thing is it you, it's just that elation of joy and then boom, things get downright horrifying. And I say horrifying because you're frightened in so many areas. You're like, is this you're worrying about your unborn baby? You're you're worrying about your own welfare um and so then you're like i'm i'm just trying to just trying to be pregnant. Mm. it's happening so it yeah it just uh it it's a very stressful confusing um time
1: for a lot of people yeah and then and then from that straight into the births that you've had like mm. you know there wasn't like there was you know, the celebration of the most amazing birth you could possibly deserve after that either. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, so I um, had that utmost privilege
2: of going to Sharif to plan for my, um, my birth. So I had a C-section with my first and I was really um, working towards and, and manifesting a V-back for my second time around. And by the time I'd met yourself, Sharif, I was, yeah, very heavily medicated, but in a in a flow of able to, um, right, crack on with, I've got a pregnancy, a, a birth to deal with soon and I'm going to now prepare for that. Um, and, yes, it didn't go according to plan. However, and, and I, again, it's funny that we're now touching base um, this far along the track, but it didn't, and, and this is what I love about your course, Shari, like, yes, I didn't get my V back, um, no, things didn't go according to the plan, but was uh, my hypnobirthing course worth it? And did it still give me some valuable, oh so valuable tools to apply during my birth, which was far from freaking linear? There's no denying that. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. So, you know, again, we can plan and prepare and do all the things that we want to do in preparation for things, but sometimes life will just collide. Sometimes, all of the things that we can work towards can sort of just flip on its head, and and irrespective, and that's why I think you know preparation is key in any respect, isn't it? You can, you know, it's still it's not a waste of time. You can always just use that and apply it in the ways in which you know is presented to you. So yeah. I love the course, Shari, because it still helped me on that day. And when I when I because I messaged um, Shari the day that things. Turned very ugly.
0: And you called. I remember. It, you actually did I call you? Me. Yeah. It was. It was about ten o'clock at night, and you're like, "Can I please call you?" And I was like, "Oh, did I?" You? Yes. And you were just also like,
2: "Had I had, I had like, him yet?"
0: How? How am I here? You're like, "What?" I just because your waters broke, didn't they? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. I should probably take a step back. So mm-hmm. essentially, i would got to
2: 33 weeks. Planning things are going wonderfully I'd started maternity leave it's always the bloody way isn't it I started um so I'd return to work as I said half days two days a week but only went back for a few weeks because before I knew it I was on maternity leave so I'd started maternity leave on a Friday Saturday morning so I'm 33 weeks pregnant Saturday morning my waters break or I have a leak and I'm like oh this isn't good uh go to my obstetrician indeed um I didn't go into labor or anything, but yes, um, that's amniotic fluid. So then he was I breached,
0: he? He was breached because I and remember he when, was like, I yes. seen you that week and we came over and we we're doing some gentle inversions and we did a full yeah. release and you know, we're all kind of positive that we've still yes. got time this baby can turn and absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yeah. when I got that message and you called me, I was just like, Oh no, What's my heart my, my heart did sink for you because I know how much you were actually really. Dedicated to applying what I had taught, and yes. yeah,
2: absolutely. And and again, you know, people you stress were nothing. I was in a very relaxed frame of mind. I was, I was probably feeling the best I'd felt over the last six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was nothing. It just and and it happened while I was asleep, actually. So. Then yeah, I went into there, and and thankfully I didn't. They didn't have to stop my labor and anything like that. I didn't go into labor as such. So they put me on um, strict bed rest, and because he was breech, um, you know, the
0: likelihood or for me to have um, a what do you call it? For him to turn. Now the waters had gone. It was very slim. I, I remember that because absolutely, obviously, yep. the, the, the amniotic fluid helps with creating that you know That's little pool fair, that they fair can fair do within. Um,
2: exactly yeah um and so yeah i was on bed rest for a week and i managed to uh hold on for a week in that time uh i did go into labor and they uh were able to stop the labor now it's a long ass story but essentially this baby and the universe and and lots of things came into play and i totally believe that whilst i was uh super I guess I kept on and this is what I was saying to Shari I kept on going why is this happening like he needs to stay in there he like why is my body and this is the bloody beautiful thing about our bodies and knowing what needs to happen um so I'm like stay in there you can't come out and he no matter what the team did, this baby was coming there was there was no way around it cut along I'm gonna just fast forward because um, otherwise we'll be here for hours but essentially <laughs> um, oh honestly gotta gotta write a book about it if I rocked up back to that obstetrician pregnant literally would I have a heart attack <laughs> 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 I am I am his reason for extra grace um, so yeah fast forward the story a bit and essentially um, I had a do you know what i mean by well you guys absolutely would know what i mean by a true knot and yeah. so we have all this beautiful like warburton's jelly that goes up and down you know um, and and that's normally fine but this was a a very tight knot um cut along the umbilical the- cord yeah in the umbilical cord sorry apologies mm-hmm. um we also had so again pre-phasing what we were saying before he was breached so it was the wrong way footling as well so while I was while I was on the way to theatre I also had a cord prolapse so that's how we know that there was all of these things going on um a foot had extended out he then did I tell you this bit Shari? I don't think you did <laughs> okay there is there is so much more to it now at that point I was getting wheeled into theatre because um, uh, Drew said, sorry, my obstetrician at the time was saying, look, uh, this is before we obviously knew that there was a um, a knot or anything like this. And before now I had, I'd kind of flipped on my front anyway. So we didn't know we had a core cool prolapse. This sounds bizarre, but we didn't know we had a core cool prolapse, but I was already on all fours and with my bum in the air, which is a, uh, position that you'd put a woman in if she had a cord prolapse now mm. yes now I di- we did not know so again if we are going to talk about how we instinctively instinctively do things mm. without even knowing so I had not a single idea that I was had a cord prolapse at this point there's no way and, and at that point I hadn't <laughs> but um, then in theatre so I had hypnobirthed the whole night <laughs> and didn't realize how far along I was getting to um, having this baby they tried to stop my labor Drew came in a few times and was like "You're first on list tomorrow we're going to c-section this baby out first thing tomorrow I think you're fine um let's just if there's any worries the midwives will call me and we can do it sooner but essentially you're just first thing tomorrow I was like yep no worries he was happy with that Little did I know that I was hypnobirthing like a boss. Thanks to beautiful show. <laughs> <laughs> I had progressed very, very well. Now, again, I, I wasn't down for, and again, you were talking about this more recently, um, I wasn't down or didn't feel the need to do have any um, VEs. So I didn't think I was any, I just thought I was having nice, like early starts of labor and I labored the whole night just chilling there. Dane had gone home. He was looking after our eldest. Next morning he comes in and I'm like, whew, but I'm in control. I'm in my space. Um, Then that's when for some reason I'd like flipped over and was like, oh, this is actually, this is happening. Um, As I get into theatre, so this is, I've really progressed this. As I get into theatre, I said to my midwife, I'm about to push this baby. And she's like, what? (laughs) I'm like, and I started bearing down, uh bex in theater and they're like whoa 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 drew is like okay let's t- has she had a ve no she hasn't turned me over that is where cord prolapse there's a foot foot, when oh.
0: foot up. And, and he just wanted to hit the ground running didn't he hit any he yeah. duck he's like that yeah. in life now isn't he <laughs>
2: 100 yeah it's carried on and so where the cord had prolapse was also where this true knot was wow um so again call it as you would, but. Isn't that crazy that through a whole cord, the, where the cord falls is is where this this knot is?
0: Mm.
2: And my, my midwife was like, Drew, X, Y, Z. Anyway, um, and so then he actually sort of turned, I was pushing this baby out and they're like, all right, we're going to be delivering this vaginally, but it will just be in theatre. <laughs> so we're going to have this baby. <laughs> so we haven't got the, we haven't got the, a spinal or anything in at this point i'm having this baby so i want to have a v-back after all sorry (laughs) and then and then we had after that what's called a head entrapment so he was trying to pull basically bex in very true classic my second born's um personality he had like one foot Like, set kind of like a ballerina, you know, how you put it, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. So, we've had one foot out, other one ballerina. Then, they've he's tried to actually pull him through, obviously. Um, he's looked at this, it's this knot and it's barely pulsating. So, he's like, I've got to get this baby out really quick. Um, and then he's he's had what's called head entrapment, so he's completely stuck. He can't get this baby out, he's literally fisted me in theater trying to get this baby um to in it be in a better position and it's just not happening. And so from there, cut a long story really short again, we've gone back to we're having a C-section, we're opening this woman up. Um and to put it to you, there's we haven't prepped for theater. There hasn't been anything ready because we're having this baby vaginally and then we're having this baby C-section again. So um again how many hours do we have to talk about it but essentially mm. the most unconventional c-section that my obstetrician has ever had that anyone has ever had in that theater um to the point where there was lots of debriefs afterwards there was lots of things that had to happen post for all involved especially myself especially my husband um yeah because things had to happen quick very quick Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm.
0: So, so did they end up giving you a spinal and epidural. Is that how they? Yeah.
2: So yeah, this is where it gets really ugly. Yes. Um, however, things basically they got it in and just started cutting. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was very. So so to put it to you, Drew and and he, I'm like his case that he talks about all the time because he took some big risks that day. Um, and to put it to you, there was no drapes, for example. A wardsman held a blanket yeah. like above my face.
1: Mm.
2: There was, he had no, he was not dressed for theatre, for example, so he hadn't been scrubbed in. There was no, like, it's crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't even think that this happens. But, again, I want to preface this. If that didn't happen, mm. when Bex got pulled out, he was blue. He had to be revived. He was a flat baby. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so you know it, it's a tough one because you go holy shit that is as, as barbaric as it gets yeah. as barbaric as it gets but um the other side of barbaric is 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 absolutely catastrophic yeah 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 so crazy hey so there wasn't even my midwife literally squirted from a couple of meters away a little bit of bedding oh gosh it's horrific horrific yeah yep. um,
1: where was your headspace in all of this
2: um i was uh, basically nexusism on a table yeah
1: so this is a huge
2: this is a huge to anyone listening we'll ha- definitely have to put up some uh trigger warnings but yeah. huge trauma space here yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Ooh, we've actually just uh, our episode just before your one is actually about birth trauma and yes. talking about it and with uh, Dr. Aaron Bauer. So, oh, wow. Yes. And, yeah. 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 And so, again, you know, um, he,
2: we ma- he managed to get, he had like one blue glove on and just started cutting. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, Nadine, you've, you've <laughs> you know, it blows me away. Yeah. A
1: story like that. Like that's in 23 years. I don't think I've ever heard that kind of. No. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's it's crazy, and so then there
1: was no notes at the
2: time, so we had to do them uh, after the fact. In retrospect, um, the and again, oh god, there are so many things. Again, I really want to say this too: there were so many things that went incredibly fucking really wrong, mm. really wrong. However, uh, riddled within there are all these things that went freakishly very right, and I, and and that's where you've got to. <laughs> Hold on to those things because if, if we don't, you just go into a bloody sphere of just, oh my God. Um, so, you know, it's for all the things that went oh, really ugly, there were lots of things that went incredibly right, down to the anaesthetist that we had. So, because then at one point he just drugged me and then, yep, I was out. Um, but then but then my poor husband, for example, were, it was so chaotic. No one really knew what was happening. No one knew that he was about, you know, that things were about to happen very quick. So, you know, down to, you know, tools and instruments won't open up. Um, so a lot of this staff were like, what are we doing? What? where is this even going? And, and my husband, you know, normally in a emergency C-section, because we had that with my first, you know, you have a support person, like there's a midwife or a nurse that's sort of talking them through what's going on. Dane had nobody um, to the point where no one even, probably at that point in retrospect, when we talk about our debrief, um, my obstetrician talks about how someone really should have got him, you know, out of the room,
1: Mm. Um,
2: but it, it was just too chaotic too chaotic so what
0: kind of support did you get after the birth to be able to process everything that had just had happened
2: yeah um again I had an incredible provider who knew that and he hadn't experienced anything like this before and he's been doing this for a long time Mm. and he needed the debrief just as much as I we did um, and, and same with his midwife who'd been a midwife for 30 plus years, had never seen anything like it or been involved with anything like that. So we debriefed, I lost count how many times we debriefed, I lost, <laughs> but that's really important. That was really important that we did because each time we debriefed, something new would come to light. Some, and, and what I, I guess what I wanted in same with my husband, it's very, for me and, and certainly for Dane, we I just wanted to make sure that things were congruent or things that weren't, that were incongruent needed to be met somewhere because what I remember and what, because then then my anaesthetist, I never was actually under a GA the whole time. He just would um, put me, gave me midazolam to, so I was in and out of consciousness. I should probably say that as well Um, because then uh, within, you know, a time that a spinal takes effect it then I then I had the spinal then it was okay but it was the first like 25 seconds but Mm -hmm. trust me when I say that that's that's enough yes (laughs) and so um as in that's not enough time you'd want to hope that a spinal is a whole lot quicker than that but um unfortunately just things it just all happened very quick and their time was of the essence to wait we don't know what, Be- like Beck's. It's so bizarre how he has got no deficit or anything. He essentially, well, we don't know, and and who was there on that day watching over us? Obviously, a lot of people were, um, but to the best of my obstetrician's ability, he he didn't have oxygen and blood supply going to him at one point. Mm. Because the knot, he he was just like holding it, just going and and there's a few things that were said and not said that in our debriefs we're just going,
1: holy hell, how did how did that happen? There's some things that just can't be explained. Yeah, wow. And how has Dane recovered um, from this? Just having all the debriefing the same. Yeah, yeah. Look, we.
2: I think um, then we were dealing with a premier baby. So wow. to be honest, I, we both actually um, are ambassadors for Birth Trauma Association here in Australia. So we um, talk about how sometimes, you know, it's not about opening that box straight away because sometimes yeah. there's something really imminent right away. And for us it was far out we've now got a prem baby we're now in the nursery and we're doing this day in day out so to be honest we didn't we we dealt with it straight away in terms of debriefing just getting the stories and the facts right um, from the start to make sure that we weren't you know not that we'd be making something up but just to make sure that what we felt we went through um is indeed what we went through and our version of what we went through was definitely our version do you know what i mean yes um and so whenever we talk to anyone or we're doing anything in the space of birth trauma um volunteer work we talk about how sometimes we you definitely have to not put a lid on it and put the box on it and close it tightly but sometimes it's it's at a detriment if you were trying to do that all at once
1: yes yeah I agree agree with that Mm.
2: yeah and so you know I'm trying I'm we're nearly where's Beck? Bex is you know he'll be two in June that'll come around sooner than we know it the the rate that 2020 is going (laughs) but you know and I'm still on this journey of healing and I think I we forever will be we forever will be because we would change from that experience 110 yes we look at it um differently and 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 that's up to us for us to hold on to the things that went right in and not necessarily focus on the on the horrific side of the things but it's they're still valid they're 110 percent valid but yeah going back to your question are we still on that process absolutely we will be forever
1: we will be forever yeah Hmm. and just seeing you both just seeing your, you know, how you talk about each other, it's just a beautiful testimony to your marriage together, isn't it, that you've come this way and you've, you've stayed connected. So many people have a real disconnection when they experience something like this.
2: Oh, totally, totally. And um, you could see why it could, it could go that way. Um, and, and I know for us, we've, we've had to work really hard to unite instead of divide. Mm -hmm. um and and god like sometimes i think jesus he's he's seen a lot he's he's been a lot he's had to step up to the plate a fair bit but when we strip all of that back you know that's our life accomplice so they bloody should Mm -hmm. you know And, and likewise it'd be the same thing if the foot was you know or the shoe was on the other foot so yeah, we're, we're, we're still in, in the depths of, you know, just trying to not, not scurry our way out of it, but still trying to sort of piece things together. And as I was saying, I think um, much like many things, when you've, you've endured something big, uh, good, bad, or indifferent with you, you know, it it goes in waves and it comes and goes and things might um, trigger certain um, aspects of your journey as well. Um, I know for us more recently at this, our same baby, Beckham had to then go back there for a, um, like a mini procedure. And it was the same theater. How's this? Oh. Same, same theater, <laughs> same hospital. Well, we, we knew it was the same hospital, so that was fine. But, um, and it was crazy how much that day triggered us. But in saying mm. that in a way where we went, that's when we've, those seeds have been sowed. Because like that day we went, okay, this is confronting. Yep, this is a little bit like the heart's going a little bit. However, we walked out of there going, well, there's nothing better than a little bit of exposure therapy. And that taught us how far or showed us very significantly how far we'd come in the year and a half. So,
1: Wow, that's amazing. And so for anyone that's listening that has suffered, you know, childbirth trauma of any kind, What would you, where would you steer them to? What has worked for you that's really helped you?
2: Oh, goodness. I think um, like, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I think first of all, it's knowing that you do not have to go through anything um, alone and knowing that there is support out there 110% and you've just got to lean into it and ask for it and or more importantly, accept it when that help um, is at your doorstep but I think no one takes more responsibility for ourselves than us. So you have to put your hand up and go, you know what, this is heavy. This is, Mm. this is really overwhelming. Um, So I think, you know, you don't have to face those unexpected challenges and obstacles and, and whatever, just, just like we don't have to, you know, enjoy the joys and the great things in life ourselves. We want to, you know, throw parties for those in the same sense of when it's hard, we want to be around people for that. And there's incredible support um, systems and networks and professionals that they are the subject matter experts at that stuff. Allow, you know, lean into those because my God, Uh, you know, wrap yourself up in it, if you will, because it bloody helps. So particularly in the birth trauma space, you know, again, um, there is the Birth Trauma Association uh, here in Australia, which does incredible like peer mentorship as well. So you have people like ourselves who who just share experiences. They're able to, you know, listen by no means are they uh, the subject matter experts of it, but it's someone to say, hey, we get it. We we see what you've gone through or what you you know you're going through, um, and just can lead you in the directions that you might need um, and point you to people that might be able to specifically in in you know your realm of what you've dealt through deal with. Um, and again, I think it comes down to you know your networks as well, being super honest and open with them. And uh, you know I've got girlfriends that. Have loved every bit of pregnancy and birth, and which I love, which I love. And going back, I think Shari, you said before, you know, I feel bad. I had a great pregnancy. No, screen that from the rooftops. Like, because it's people like myself who didn't that go, there is hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You know, you know, don't be, it is our journeys. Yes uh, you know, it hasn't been the greatest in terms of, you know, the rainbows and butterflies and all of the stuff that makes it,
0: um, you know, the fairy tale that you hope it is, but it's your journey. you just got to own it. Well, and I think it's beautiful that you're, you're really stepping up and owning it and then helping others Yeah. Um, in both the HG realm and now birth trauma. And we'll definitely put in the show notes links to the organizations that you have mentioned, just so that if anyone has experienced either or, or, or both like yeah. you, that, to know that there, there is, there is hope. And also listeners definitely go and follow Nadine. She'll give you laughs left, right, (laughs) and center. You'll cry with her. You'll laugh with her. She shares everything parenting that she's going through as well. And you are an an amazing, um, amazing woman to, again, sound, or again, just be able to share your story um, in a way that, you know you you are coming out of it on the other side and it's like the left these lessons in life that again we can never predict but they're here to teach us something um and it's what we can do for ourselves in coming out of that and learning and then helping to support others i think it's just beautiful what you and and dane uh, are doing together and you know it does my heart sank for you when i even just listening to that again, uh, you know, that, that, that is even possible that that could happen. And you wouldn't uh, read about it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess we don't want to scare anyone at all in regards to, you know, yeah, this was, very very rare oh, yeah rare oh. experience but and i feel for you that you went through it it's just yeah
2: yeah you, you know every day i look at my child just going oh my god you are not you are a miracle like how <laughs> oh my god And and you know again i i also want to say this when things don't go in your favor it's 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 there is something therein that lies within that. So, so going back to if I had had the VBAC that I was so, so badly craving and working towards, it, I might be telling a different story today. My, my VBAC might have ended up, you know, in, in a way that wasn't, you know, what I would hoped and expected. At the end of the day, my body knew that I had this, I had to get this baby out. And at the time I was like, no, This baby's got to stay in there. You know, the universe does some weird and wonderful magical things, you know, no matter what medical intervention that they did to try to slow down my labor or stop it, my body. And and at the time I'm like, why, why is my body doing this? (laughs) But, but it knew innately, like not even my mind, like my mind was going, no, you got to stay in there. But my body knew that it was time for my baby to go out, get out that, you know, the true knot that I had there might've been there. And they say it's generally, they generally start in the first trimester. And so who's the, you know, again, the, the what ifs are endless, endless. So um, I, I just hope that sometimes when things don't work in your way, it might be preparing you for something that's the way it's meant to be.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. And then you know, being able to help so many people by sharing that story, by sharing your journey into pregnancy, and I think that's where I I know that I was destined to have that journey to be able to help more people and more women in this in this life. And and it's you know, this is our mission, isn't it? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then and there's passion in that because you've you've
2: walked it, and then and then you know that you know you don't want others to walk a trodden path, whatever that looks like whether it's you know through pregnancy or or just feeling like they're doing it alone in whatever aspect that is yeah. um and and then that that very passion you know people can feel that people know that and that's why you know you guys are the the um, authorities in your fields because you can't it doesn't matter you know what you do what you say you can't be passion and you can feel that albeit through a screen yeah. so Mm. kudos to both of you ladies and thank you for being in my corner
1: No, oh,
0: it's <laughs> such a pleasure it's yeah. been amazing having you here today yeah we really appreciate <laughs> you for having me sharing and um yeah thank you so much for coming on today
1: thank you Thanks, ladies we hope this episode has helped you on your own journey we would love it if you can subscribe and leave a review and help us to spread the word of positive pregnancy and birth We would like to
0: personally invite you to join our Nurture Hub online community where you can connect with other women and be mentored by us one-on-one in one of our future episodes. It's so important to feel connected and nurtured through this time and we would love to support you. Thanks Thanks for listening.